it is so good to see people and be seen and it's been a while and it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> it's hard not to go there right once you go there you have to go there and then you got to commit and be like <laughs> like those aren't even words uh-huh. uh, this is gonna sound like very bad but um i don't care you know like no you shouldn't there's just there is just there there are factions. i was gonna say a faction but there are factions like plural of people that don't like listen to music they just don't listen listen to music right so they just like it just comes on the radio and then it's on and there's on top of that there's just factions of people that just like will go to a concert like a Nickelback concert, or just even listen to Nickelback. Not, maybe not even go to the Nickelback concert, and that's not even Nickelback that we're saying. I think it was like stained. Yes, but, it's definitely stained. Okay, Who cares. But the point <laughs> is, like, they just like a song because it just it's catchy and it's on, and that's it. There's no. And as I say that, I realize there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like there's no like connection. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm saying. And I realize, I realize as I say that it sounds pompous. It sounds arrogant. Cause I'm assuming like, oh, I have this connection, you know, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> well, I'm just I saying, man, there's like people, good shit. And, I don't know. But I think most people, when they listen to a song, they connect to something about it. Something. Yeah. You know? yeah. And even if they know, like I am the kind of person who listens to pop music. Um, so I can like just kind of hum along to whatever, but if you ask me why do you like that song, I might be like, mm, I don't. It's just on. I don't really like it. Within the music I do like, I'll you know write you a five page essay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point. Things. See, that's a good point. That's that's what it is, I guess. It's kind of like with TV shows. Like you have Breaking oh. Bad, you have Better Call Saul, and then you have Ninety Day Fiance, and you have The Bachelor and shit like that. You're not <laughs> love after you don't care. It's just on. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. so true. You can't get up and make a bologna sandwich in the middle of Better Call Saul. Better not. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what you're going to miss? But you can do that in the middle of 90 Day Fiance while listening to Nickelback. Right. You know, <laughs> you're right. There's and something doing your for everybody. Taxes and folding your laundry and, you know, anything else. I was going to say, like, that music does have to exist because you can't have it all be your introspective brooding you know mm-hmm. lyrics with substance it had there has to be something else for everybody else you know it's just filler much My- like a like a podcast that's not for the specific nerds it's like for the everyday nerds you know that's right this is a podcast you can listen to while you're doing your job not just <laughs> during your train ride to the moon base <laughs> this is a podcast you can make a bologna sandwich to it you can masturbate to it you can do your taxes you know well when we're on you can definitely masturbate to absolutely because mm-hmm. we have permission women granted on. <laughs> <laughs> permission granted oh my god wow <laughs> permission granted <laughs> and then bane comes in out of nowhere and then he goes now you have my permission to masturbate <laughs> after i crash this plane <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out the line um it's it's not coming to me but oh you've only found the masturbation <laughs> i was born in it molded by it <laughs> i don't think that's how masturbation works <laughs> 
if you were um, artificially inseminated, then you I was born in it. Born <laughs> in it. Go. Molded by it. I didn't know masturbation until I was a man, and then I was blinded. <laughs> Tigers are playing. Two nights. I never miss a game. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. Give me all you got! Listen. Give me all you got! You know, I don't know how to do laundry, Stuart. I've been needing laundry lessons. You're goddamn right. Welcome to Comic-Con. A geek podcast for the rest of Welcome to a Comic-Cons and a podcast, a geek podcast for the rest of us. Uh, who are the rest of us, okay? The people that don't take this shit this seriously, obviously, okay? All right, and joining me on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and the girls, we have got, I don't know why I got, I always go back to that accent, I just can't help it. I kind of help it, you know? <laughs> It's just, like one of the few. It's one of the few accents you can do without being racist. Exactly. I don't know why I chimed in so quick with exactly. Like, well, and you know, you got validation. a little. You got a little Italian in you. It's all right. Right. You I know? got. Well, look, we all got a little Italian in us when we go to the Olive Garden. And if you not, you want some? Oh, hey, I do. I do. I'll take that eight-inch breadstick. Yeah. yeah. Me, me, my cousin, <laughs> when me and cousin Vinny go to the go to the Olive Garden, we always say, give me the extra breadstick, eh? <laughs> Wait Keep a it coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh joining me <clears throat> from Little Italy. <laughs> special guests, returning guests, friends of this show, and I like to consider them. Familia. Lori Nizzo and Jenny Zell from the Mountain Broadcast. Hey. Hey. Welcome <laughs> to Medieval Times. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> thanks for having us back, Nick. Yes, of course. Thank thanks you. for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thanks for jumping on this little anniversary of a flick that maybe not a lot of people know about. But uh, when I threw it out in your inbox out there in the in the interwebs, you guys both jumped on it because it was like it was oh, yeah. it yes. couldn't be missed. You I know? have fond memories of this movie. Right. Same. Yeah. Yes. Me too. I yeah. was I was so happy to be able to revisit it. I wasn't happy to have to pay for it. But, you know, I, I <laughs> it's surprising that you have to pay for it. It should be. one yeah. that you shouldn't have to. It felt like it would have been a prime guy, right? Like it would have just yeah. be floating on prime. Oh, like I, yeah, for like sure. I, I didn't expect to see it on Netflix or HBO Max, but I was like, it's going to be on prime. Like it's got to be on prime. No, yeah, something, nope. something. And it's by the way, it's death becomes her. That's the name of the title. That's the name of the title. That's the name of the movie. That's the title of the movie. The titular titular title. <clears throat> I just said titular because, you know, yeah, yeah tits, okay. you, know. you wanted to say it. Get I it. did. <laughs> that's so funny that it's funny slash fucked up that you guys know me so well you're like no we 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 know you wanted to say it it's okay just just get it out of your we're system. not mad at you it's all right no. was it fun revisiting i enjoyed it me too I, I did but i i was analyzing a little bit 
Me too. Like Scott said, um, you know, he was like, oh, this, this movie holds up pretty well. And I'm like, yes, but also no. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, the special effects, especially like, uh, I, I didn't realize this movie won an Academy Award for visual effects. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. Surprising, right? Because it does look really cheesy. But it's 1992. Right. That's and for 92, that's that's amazing. And I just realized this was like us in 1992 watching a movie from the 60s. Mm. Or like watching Star Trek and Kirk fight the Gorn. Mm. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> or, you know, like watching Doctor Who and <laughs> the yeah. rubber suit aliens. Yeah. yeah. Or you watch that CW Flash now, kids, for all those Comic-Con nerds out there. And you're like, oh, wait, it is the 21st century and the special effects are still like this. But we're so spoiled because we're like, oh, wait, we've come leap years ahead in yeah. time for TV. But it's like, you guys go back and watch that next gen and I'll show you something funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but for like yeah. the time it came out, it was like it was it's pretty big for TV. I think when this came out only two years before Bob Zemeckis did Forrest Gump, like, like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about you that. Know? And mm -hmm. after Roger Rabbit, so you're like, hmm, it has that cartoony style of CGI that they just kind of stuck with, mm -hmm. you know? It's but, very campy. Yeah, yes, it's full campy. camp, full camp. Which is yeah. why I think it's it's become so big in the drag community. Mm -hmm. Like, they reference it all the time on RuPaul's Drag Race. And really? Actually, yeah, after watching it, Matt's been re-watching some of the older seasons of Drag Race, and um, they made a reference to it on one of the episodes that we were watching today. And I didn't even, like, I, it wouldn't click. It was, they were all the queens that had done, like, this makeup challenge, and they kept, like, a, a hat with a veil over their faces. And uh -huh. one of them was running into her place, and she goes, do you remember where you parked the car? And I wow. wouldn't have gotten the joke if yeah. I hadn't just seen it. But I think probably there's little references like that probably on shows like Drag Race all the time. Yeah. Didn't they have a drag becomes her challenge or something? I like think it was so. a whole thing. Yeah, I think they did like a, a movie or, or like a like a death scene. I'm not sure. Um, and the other thing, I don't remember watching it as a kid and thinking about like the rivalries, but um, right. another Another show that I just started watching was, oh, it's on Hulu now. And I started watching it because I remember hearing how good it was. And I'll be honest, it wasn't good. But um, <laughs> I want to know what it is. Just it's, so we can the, it's the movie talking. about the making of whatever happened to Baby Jane um, that yes. starred Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And the current stars are uh, or the stars playing them are it's like Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon. And, and it's I'm not sorry. good. I only got through one episode and oh. I'm sorry. I can't look at Susan Sarandon and pretend she looks anything like Betty Davis. Fair enough. I, I couldn't do it like that to me uh, was like, uh, and also like it was, it, it's Brian Murphy and like just very over the top and, you know, kind of, mm. you know, like it, it's, mm -hmm. I'm sure I, there w are things in it that were good. Um, I always loved Jessica Lange, but I was going to say, yeah. Also, I don't know why they didn't just get Faye Dunaway because like, I, I feel like Faye Dunaway is more Joan Crawford than Joan Crawford was, sure. at least to our generation. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had just seen a couple episodes, you know, like one episode of that and thinking about the rivalry between these two women and then watching this one. I feel mm. like they kind of based it on that. 
you know. I didn't make that connection, yeah. but that that makes sense, and that's probably like a, a reason why it's kind of this movie's kind of big in the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah. I was that I, and just the 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 makeup, you know, like yeah, for sure. <laughs> like and so much camp, just over the top with the camp. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the rivalry, and I want to talk about the not to sound so fucking clear, but I want to talk about that kind of the, the female outlook of this yeah. movie. But yeah. before we jump into that, I mean, if you're walking down the street, you know what I'm saying? You're whistling Dixie and somebody hollers out like, Hey, Arnaz or Jenny Zell, what do you guys see? Death becomes her. I heard it just had an anniversary. You guys, you guys what's it about? You know, something there. You don't know who they are. You're shopping. You know, you're trying to get home and get the groceries home before it rains. And this, Comic-Con's creepers like, tell us, what's it about? Leave you know, me and- alone, I got milk in the car. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Jenny, why don't you take this answer? <laughs> um, I would say it's about a couple of broths who <laughs> are frenemies. Okay. Um, fighting over fighting over a dumb cluster fuck of a dude played by Bruce Willis. <laughs> mm-hmm. And oh. uh and the, the, the wacky <laughs> misadventures that they have through life and death. Yes, and that's life, death that's beyond. I've you need to write movie synopses seriously. Like <laughs> a dumb cluster fuck of a dude. <laughs> Didn't say he was necessarily also, a bad dude. I, I love that you said it was two broads, and yeah. I really loved when Bruce Willis calls Meryl Streep yes. a broad. Yeah. you're just a broad. <laughs> right. Because even in 1992, like that word was not used. No, like it was a weird, like old Hollywood throwback. That right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. And it didn't even like saying you're just abroad. Like it's not like saying you're a slut or you know, like you're a hoe bag or mm-hmm. or it's just abroad. It's not as right. meaning as a lot of other words you could throw out. He doesn't go dirt cheap on the insults though. He kind of still goes borderline highbrow with it he doesn't go like he doesn't go to like acute he doesn't call her out for you know sleeping around on him or whatever while he's like living in the bottle like falling asleep on the floor which <laughs> yeah i mean drinking ketchup bloody mary's <laughs> <laughs> more like, vodka it's 9 a.m <laughs> right he like it stays i want to say bro. this movie stays vaguely family friendly for the most but i feel like it doesn't get too like yeah. we know what's happening yeah. we know they're sleeping around we know that there's sex involved and we know that there's you know lust and affairs and all that but it doesn't go into the specifics of that it kind of focuses more on like like the frenemy relationship if mm-hmm. you will and i wanted to ask both of you like is that even now watching it now is it kind of like uh, or is it does is it is that kind of is that kind of women betrayal on each other still relevant is that does it work does it um, is it stale the only reason it still exists is because of the patriarchy mm-hmm. um, and the patriarchy is not dead. Right. Um, so I will say it is still there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, cause I mean, when this movie came out, obviously 30 years ago, you know, there's been some changes, some, also some setbacks for more recently. I mean, <laughs> but, right. I've never had a relationship like this with a woman where she was like, where I've had a frenemy in my life that I would have felt the need to constantly bring my boyfriend around to make sure that she didn't steal him from. Right. I thought that that was person out. Right. Exactly. Right. I don't, and I don't know anybody like, I mean, I know people who have rivalries and don't like each other, 
Right. But I don't know anybody that even has like a frenemy person. You didn't life. have to you bring somebody I mean? by to like to pass the Madeline is it Madeline Ashton Madeline Ashton Madeline Ashton test. I do not remember their characters' names through the entire movie. Helen like, oh, Meryl Streep and Helen is Goldie. Helen Sharp. Helen Sharp is yeah, Goldie, okay. and Madeline Ashton is Meryl. Right. And, uh, she's the writer. Obviously, she's the the intellect, and she's she's got the bangs to prove it. You know, for the because it's 1992. God forbid we got, mm -hmm. you know. When the movie opens, uh, it's 1978, and there's a there's some bangs going on there, but not the stick up bangs. Just you're right. Like, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And it's like some seven years later, and then we get another seven years later. So there's obviously like this frenemy relationship transcends, and it goes on in the time, and we see like not only does Bruce Willis, Ernest Menville, the good doctor. Fail. Oh, I forgot his name. So I'm glad you, you pulled <laughs> that in there. He fails the Madeline Ashton test, like immediately, you know, falls in love with her, mm -hmm. marries her. And then another seven years later, it's not as cracked. It's not it's not everything it was cracked up to be, perhaps, you know, spoiler kids. The grass is not always green on the other side. And to be honest, I'm not sure what he saw in her at that moment when she, you know, when he first meets her and like they're talking about how like she turns in the charm and she's just glitter and sparkle and whatever. And I was like, she's kind of a bitch. Yeah. Not only was she kind of a bitch, but everybody was walking out of that musical. It was terrible. And I didn't realize it when I first saw it. When I first saw it, I didn't realize that when I watch it again now, I was like, oh, she was kind of struggling because everybody's walking out of her musical. And it mm -hmm. was based on what they say it was based on. There's oh, a scene remember. like a couple walks out and they're like, why would they make a musical based on such and such? And I was hoping one of you two picked that up. And I missed it. it. I missed it, too. <laughs> All I remember is the dude walks out and says, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> but Bruce is pretty good in this. He's. He was coming yeah. right off of the diehards and he's i don't know like he he cracked me up a couple times watching mm -hmm. like he was pretty funny i mean the meryl streep is great goldie hawn is fantastic in this i, I think it's one of my favorite goldie hawn movies i mean meryl streep's always great and everything of course but goldie hawn is really good like i forget how good goldie hawn is especially with comedy you know one of my favorite goldie hawn movies is uh, overboard and she's always great she's like on time with everything and she's got the charm mm -hmm. too and the, and you'd like root for her. and she's good at kind of turning it on its swivel here and being like oh you don't really root for either one of them anymore now they're both just like crazy absolutely yeah absolutely you know um, i did look it up real quick sorry to to sidetrack but to go back so the musical songbird mm. it says it's a musical adaptation of tennessee williams sweet bird of youth I don't know oh, this play. That Do is a deep cut. Play? No, I don't. But I know Tennessee Williams, and I know you wouldn't want any musicals based on any of his plays. Was he, he like did, a Mark Twain or no? No. He, um, no? he did the he did a streetcar named Desire. Oh, okay. Uh, he did a Glass Menagerie, uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, um, Southern stories with strong women characters, but who were also all being screwed over by men in the most horrible ways you could imagine. Oh, okay. So I'm going to assume that this is a similar thing. So maybe probably. she took a she took a a concept that was probably not something that would be seen in a positive light towards women and she made a musical out of it. 
like mm-hmm. okay gotcha really terrible one. and <laughs> if you notice like in in the they're singing about how she's a shameless hussy as she's you know t- talking embracing about it right in the mirror sure. you know yeah which is you know very blanche dubois <laughs> you, you know, know but yeah. they are they are both they both kind of turn into blanches in a way but they have that they they're still strong women yes like the, that's, at the end I mean, of the and day that's like Tennessee Williams kind of wrote like that. Like he he wrote these strong female characters, but the moral of the story was always like, well, if you're a bitch, then you're not going to get saved by a man. Oh, God, <laughs> that's kind of the like that's what I got out of reading Tennessee Williams as a teenager. So <laughs> it's like when you watch Total Recall and Arnold, like they realize that something's gone awry, and he's doing that oh, in the chair, you know, and the the guy running the show. The, the 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 woman scientist is just explaining everything basically explaining the science like that's impossible because we didn't haven't even installed the memory yet and he goes what are you talking about you bitch it's like <laughs> like easy she just explained to you what went wrong why the bitch like like there's no need no need right? for you know what I'm saying? like it was, it's 1990 i know but jesus <laughs> like no i don't even think he says what are you talking about he says shut up you bitch like you're <laughs> She's going to call HR. You're her boss. Like <laughs> Arnold strapped in a chair. Maybe get rid of him first and then figure this whole thing out about who dropped the ball. Like, well, eventually they throw him in a cab and he's okay. That's true. Right? They, that's true. Yeah, everything works out just fine. <laughs> Maybe. Get him an Uber. Well, it is crazy, though. But even with all that, like, and you watch this now, like, it doesn't, to me, this movie didn't seem like it was terribly dated only in the sense that like it still had there's still women today that go under the knife even younger than goldie hawn and i think mm-hmm. younger and younger i mean right I'm yeah friends with a bunch of women who have been getting botox right and they're like but i need it like no no you don't no, no you don't no, you don't um back to 90 day fiance there is a woman <laughs> on 90 day fiance a friend of someone who's very upset that uh you know her friend is marrying this this man who's 20 years younger than her uh, and has said, if you don't marry me, I'll find somebody else to get me a green card. Hmm. Not a red flag or anything. No, but the woman ha- no. This woman has a permanent people's eyebrow. So for you non-wrestling fans, <laughs> one of her eyebrows is constantly arched. <laughs> that could also be like a Michael Keaton or Selena Kyle a la 1992 Batman Returns. If you don't know you googs. <laughs> I remember they were like, yeah, but but it but Nick, it doesn't move. That's that's a problem. It doesn't move. I'll have to problem. find a clip so was for it, you to share on. Was it like botched or something that she got like a facelift and like half of it? I think it looks like maybe she's got frozen Botox. Like maybe she mm. got the Botox a little bit too close to the filming of the episode. Mm. Knowing she was going to be filming with her friend, she went and got the Botox, and now she just has a frozen eyebrow. But if I were her, I would have shaved the eyebrow and then redrawn it. Hmm. Yeah. And, and and kids, I'm talking about under the knife, and I brought up the surgery thing for you guys out there listening. Like, hey, we want to listen to the podcast, but we still don't know what this movie's about. But aside from Jenny's expert synopsis, there's a there is a potion presented by the beautiful and charming, as always, Isabella Rossellini. There is a potion, okay? So there is like a a quirky, campy, comic booky, sci-fi, fantasy kick to this movie because there's a freaking potion a youth potion yeah. that makes you younger and you never have to age a day you know like that to me being the symbolism or whatever of the movie like there is still that that yearning to be young and the nostalgia to be like 
I don't want to get old and I don't, you know, I don't want, I want to get rid of these liver spots and I want to, you know, I want to mm -hmm. stay young forever, you know, but everybody knows all you got to do is walk down the hills of Scotland and ask Duncan McLeod, you know, who wants to live forever, you know, <laughs> Jesus. What's weird is that everybody in that room at that party doesn't seem to be having any problems at all with this living forever. Stuff. That's a true. That's right. That's, that's truth right there. Even even Elvis and Marilyn. You know that Elvis and Marilyn and James Dean were all up to sh some shenanigans. How are they holding up without Bruce right. Willis spray painting them every day? <laughs> exactly. Also, when she demonstrates how the potion works, she stabs them in the finger and then puts the potion on it and it heals their finger. So if it heals their finger, why is it not healing their skin and their bones and all these other things that break over time? Well, I think maybe it would heal it if you did it after. Like, I wonder if they got a second dose of the potion, mm. if it could fix their peeling skin and their bones. But maybe it can't bring you back to life. It can only rejuvenate alive. Hmm. That's a very interesting point. And I never once went there. This is why you both of you are much smarter than me. Because I just went, I just went along with it. Like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Why would the skin heal in the middle of her when it heals all the rest of her skin? Yeah, yeah. She could walk around with a big hole. Side note: How did Bruce Willis fill in that hole, and what did he fill it in with? It was like that episode of the Cosby Show where he cut the a circle of the cake in the middle and then just dumped <laughs> paper towels in it and covered frosting back on it. I thought this was gonna be one of those TikToks where they fix something with ramen. And <laughs> a wall of ramen in her stomach and then paint over it. Little Bondo. Little Bondo, yes. Oh, man. Sand it down. Good to go. Yeah. There is no getting it on with anybody after that. I but mean... we're not even 100% sure that he did fix the stomach, the hole in the stomach because she was wearing a one piece. She was wearing like a little teddy. That's onesie. true. Oh, good. Yeah, good call. Good call. She, even... she smoothed her hands over it. So I just assumed, it but did, you're right. It did look like he filled it with something. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Shove a pillow in there. <laughs> Just teddy bear and some, you know. I always remembered the famous scene of them fighting, and then obviously Goldie Hawn getting blown out of the window into the pool with the shotgun. And I always remember that standing out, but it doesn't even happen until a good like I want to say hour and twenty minutes into the movie. Like it's yeah. deep into the movie before yeah, that even happens. It was a while. Um. Did it seem slower to you this time around? Did it seem like we were getting there or was it still good, good paced? I liked I, the pace, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little surprised that that scene happened that far into the movie. And I was mm -hmm. like, it didn't feel slow, but it did take its time building up their characters and their rivalry and the, the backstory before it gets to like the meat of what is going on. Mm. Right. And even then, like we know like we have to see the whole world of Isabella Rossellini and her potion, which I thought it was really weird that she had a German name and then was you know, speaking <laughs> Italian with her Italian <laughs> accent. I guess if you're hiding your identity, might as well. <laughs> and um, but like we see Meryl Streep get pulled into that world first and we understand how the potion works and how she's going to be youthful and OK, now she's going to leave Ernest and all that. And then we find out that that's why Goldie Hawn is young and youthful. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it, there are plenty of hints for us to know, uh, you know, including the trailer of the movie. Um. <laughs> right. And she went from being but, the, you know, she was in the Martin Lawrence fat suit, 
eating the <laughs> eating the icing out of the. Oh God! Can, can we just have her depressed at home? Do we have to make her eat icing out of cups? Yes, and Thank all you. the like, and all the cats. Why all does the she cats. have fifty cats? <laughs> and she hasn't been paying any in the bills. Cabinets. <laughs> And just watching the movie over and over, just watching the death scene over and over, over and, and over. And then they send her not just to like a some sort of assisted living facility for depressed people. They <laughs> send her to like a like, like level a, one psych ward. Yes, like, she was on security screaming. psych ward. <laughs> hey, what would you have done? What would you have done? Even though it was obviously the movies weren't made around this like in the same year but what would you have done jenny if like she's in the asylum right and you're watching the second time and all of a sudden you see bruce willis from 12 monkeys being wheeled behind her in the background and you're like what the fuck and brad pitt's back there too like wait a minute <laughs> that would have been amazing right i, I did make that comparison 100 percent during that scene because <laughs> the asylums always look the same in any like 90s movie it's always that mm -hmm. same like that same temperament and like of course they're all standing or sitting around her like biting their fingernails and as soon as she says madeline ashton they all just lose their goddamn <laughs> minds and then then the doctor starts screaming at her right. yeah, that, screaming at her to get over it <laughs> six months when for and when for seven years she's been held up in her apartment eating cans of icing watching Wait. the same movie scene and letting her cats piss everywhere i assume <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's been doing this for seven years and she's been in your facility for six months and you think she should just get over it. That made me that actually made me mad. Like at the beginning, that whole opening sequence, I was afraid I was going to like hate this movie this time around because right. I was like, is this how we treat depressed people? Is this how we, we shame them for like not wanting to clean their house because they've gotten dicked over by their supposed friend many right. times? Right. <laughs> And multiple men leave them. And... I mean, we can all agree that after seven years, maybe you, you need a little extra help. Right. Look, seven, with the state I mean, of healthcare in this country. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of things can happen in seven years. I mean, it's and it's fourteen total. So I mean, this a lot of time passes, and we. Mm -hmm. I mean, for it almost like while they're both strong women, like it almost has like that. It's. I guess the thing that does seem kind of dated and weird and probably off kilter is the concept that somebody could be that fucked up over one person. But I guess I shouldn't say that because I guess that, that probably does happen in the real world too. But it just, to me, like just to be that fucked up over, over that one person. But I guess she, or I guess she was already off a, a little off kilter. Yeah. Cause like you said, Lauren, she was bringing by other people to pass the quote unquote Madeline Ashton test. So right. that says something else about her psychosis with this woman too. Like mm -hmm. they both crazy. And, and obviously <laughs> Madeline with her because right. then like when it comes out toward the end, like Madeline was stealing men from her on purpose because she was holding a grudge for her being a fake friend or whatever she thought. You yeah, thought I was cheap. cheap. Don't call her cheap. Don't you dare yeah, call, call her, her broad. Steal. Just steal all your men. Call her broad. What about a cheap broad? Does that balance out? All right, you crazy cheap broad. Listen here. Like, what'd you say? I was cheap? Man. <clears throat> so, but it's interesting, though, because even though they're, even though, like, the shell is that they're fighting over Bruce Willis, they're not fighting over Bruce Willis. No, they're, they're not. They're fighting over each other. And they right. think that they're hurting each other by stealing him back and forth. Right. 
and he's not even worth it. No, he's not. Let's be honest. no. And I think that's what like I was thinking about it watching it today with Goldie Hawn. She doesn't want him. You know, she kisses him and then says, no, we can't do this until you're not married anymore. Oh, but you have to kill your wife. Right. Which, by like, the way, I was wondering if her plan was just to get him to kill her and then right. blame him for the murder. Mm-hmm. I was wondering that, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I loved the way they I, I loved how that panned out. I love the camp of that when there was like 600 bottles of empty booze yes, in the car. Yes. And, you know, yes. we make it. She's had a little bit of booze. <laughs> yes. I loved it. I loved all of that. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take itself remotely seriously. This movie doesn't take itself seriously. It's just a fun little ride. Um, it's just watching it again now. I think there's some tones to it that's like it kind of stand out a little bit more like, whoa, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about it's like, that. It's like it exists both in a very feminist and non-feminist space at the yeah. exact same time. And I think that's what the, a great definition of the 90s as well. <laughs> it's true. Both a, a very feminist and non-feminist space at the same time. <laughs> that's true because a lot of like strong female characters from the 80s and 90s I mean, the only one I can think of that really stands out as the best strong, the strongest, the best female character of the 80s, 90s would probably be Sigourney Weaver's Ripley. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. she's not, even when you watch the movie, one or two guys maybe throughout all four Alien movies might make one or two passes or jokes about something like kind of borderline sexual. But if you actually focus on the script, it's not, it's, it could be a man or a woman saying those lines. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just kind of holds up as, a, as as her being like, no, I'm Ripley. I'm here. Right. Regardless of who. Whereas, like, other movies, like, later down the line, like like you both said, would have, like, and especially by the time we got to late 90s, early 2000s, it was, well, I guess we, it's always been there, but like, you're well, strong. Like, by the female- late 90s, we had, like, Barbed Wire starring Pamela Anderson. Hey, you leave Barbed Wire alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, and, and Xena wore your princess. Oh, Xena. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a really good example of being both feminist and misogynist at the same time. 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a strong woman. Isn't she great? All right. Now let's have her get sexy. I don't like, know how I don't know how true it was, but that Pam and Tommy show, which I actually really loved. My, my I wife, loved it. Yeah. I, I It made me feel for her so much more than I ever thought. And I think I could, that was the whole point of it. Yeah. I really you don't because you don't feel sympathetic for the guy who stole the tapes. He was a dick. Right. Um, you don't feel sympathetic for Tommy because he's insane. But, you know, she stayed the victim in all of it. Right. And like, it's, I guess I forget like how crazy it actually, even though it wasn't that long ago, it was in my lifetime, but it just, it still was so fucked up. And I felt for her also on another level, like she actually, Apparently, after I was looking it up after watching the show, she she really thought Barb Wire was going to like put her on the map and be like a hit. And then people were like laughing in the theaters. I mean, I was one of those guys in the theater laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I remember like in the watching that now in that context, I'm like, damn, like she just wanted to be a movie star. That's all she wanted. And, well, mm-hmm. and, like she thought that she could have that great monologue on Baywatch and get somewhere with it. <laughs> oh, man. You know, bless her heart. Lily I know. That's, but that's what you feel like saying. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, but bless her heart for sure. Yeah. Ah, and bless Goldie Hawn's heart for putting on those contact lenses and scaring the shit out of all of us. <laughs> right. Oh man, could this movie have been? This actually could be a musical. Yeah. Now that I think about it, 
I think they've made, I think they've done like a, a parody musical, like, um, hold on. I think I saw it when I was looking for the information about the musical in the movie. Um, I think there may be, um, like some, like a, like some kind of musical parody. I'm assuming um, this is not Broadway. This is like. Off, um, off off Broadway. Oh, there's one that starred Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, really? It's in the works, it says. Oh, well, this was announced in 2017. Ooh, one of those. So I don't know that this maybe never came to fruition. Yeah, it may not have happened. Well, just the story structure has a very like play vibe to it. Yeah. Um, because even even though we do go to the hospital after Meryl Streep is pronounced dead and Sidney Pollock has a nice little cameo, <laughs> like as yeah. a doctor, like um who <laughs> I mean, just that alone, and the fact that she ends up in the morgue. Um, that that's whole fun. scene, there was so many little weird touches that it was almost like a dream sequence or something. Yes, yes. Like when he sees the nuns the floating nuns! down the hall. Yes, yes. <laughs> and just all the random injuries that were like in he, the ER. He's trying to find like where are all the doctors, and they're right. all trying to save Sidney Pollock. Like, <laughs> and even and I had forgotten. I felt like I remembered just about everything from this movie, except that scene in the hospital. Mm -hmm. right. And it was a really good, like, like it was a surprise to me to watch it all unfold. Yes. Like I forgot her being in the morgue. I forgot like the, can you feel this? Can you feel, does this right. hurt? No, <laughs> it doesn't hurt at all. Like, <laughs> no, I love, I love all that. I almost feel like this could have benefited from exploring the idea that, that these two women can't be the only women that have accidentally killed themselves or been killed or the only or, people because there right. were men that took this too yeah that's true that's true mm -hmm. but it, it would have been neat to see like the like a larger world of people getting all fucked up and maybe not so successfully covered it up because they didn't have the Ernest Manville spraying them down with spray paint or whatever like that whole campiness <laughs> of it like that 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 to me is the intrigue of the whole movie is like no they, they die and they're still alive they kind of they kind of become reanimated because the potion keeps them alive but they're not exactly zombies because they still have their brain functions right and it's not like they want to eat people or anything. right mm -hmm. so it's very it's, it's unique and it's pretty for it being in its own property and its own thing and it wasn't based off anything else like it's it's pretty it's pretty unique and that's what the late 80s and early 90s of, of our generation kind of gave us it gave us some of these quirky movies like that kind of came out of people's heads and People like Bob Zemeckis would put it on the screen, and you're like, "Whoa, this is the guy that gave us Who Framed Roger Rabbit?" And now we're watching Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn duke it out after coming back to life. Like it's kind of neat. Yeah, know? yeah, it's definitely very original. I mean, even now, like, and we haven't seen it. I don't think I've heard it other than this musical. Like, nobody's saying like, "Hey, let's redo that," but right, right, put new new people in it. And, and the dead and the dead and coming back to life thing is so done now. It's so played out now, right? Right. Yeah. Like even the like comedy. We went through the zombie thing. Right. We're done. I think we are done. But I, but apparently Hollywood's not done because Rick Grimes is coming back. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I stopped watching. Um, I mean, I know why. I just kind of. Walking Dead? Yeah. Watching. Walking Dead just completely. Yeah. I had to stop. I just couldn't keep going. But I know a guy who like hasn't stopped. He wants to stop, but he says he can't. He just has to see where it goes. At this point, he's like invested. That's how they get you. That's how they get it, you. Didn't it finish this year? 
it's supposed to finish just leave but rick grimes is coming back on us with a spinoff show with michonne that's what i'm saying and so is daryl um he's coming back so for all you isn't there already another spinoff there is there's actually two already oh exactly that's what i'm saying can we just cut the head off of the series (laughs) and let it be done kill it yeah it's you can't uh, just cut the head off you have to destroy the brain because if you leave oh. the head the mouth will keep biting absolutely <laughs> you can't leave you can't leave the brain intact absolutely <laughs> it's a shame i think post-apocalyptic in general is kind of played out and that's unfortunate because the why the last man was a was actually a pretty good show based off a really great comic where i don't know if you're familiar with the premise but basically all the men die from this mysterious plague except for one um and even the show was the show was neat because it started it, it took the concept of the book that came out in like the late 90s early 2000s and it added the transgender issue to it so there was kind of an undercurrent of that as well so that that was actually that was actually interesting because they played it on a whole new level it was like no this person is trans so the plague didn't get get him him ah. either um and so it had a new spin on like that with like the chromosome thing and it was cool like how they kind of inserted it and that everybody was in missy powell showed up for a great time and she's always fun to watch yeah. But they didn't renew it after its first season. And I think had it come out when all this other post-apocalypse shit wasn't coming out, maybe it might have yeah. been more successful. I don't know. Like when we hadn't oh. hit that saturation point, basically. Everything's saturated now, right? Yeah. And which is a shame because I love post-apocalyptic anything. Me too. You know, Me too. But it, it can get to a point where you're just like, okay, it's another it's another one of these. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did you did you end ever get around to watching the Twelve Monkeys show? Because I never did. Okay, mm-hmm. but I heard good things. But I mean, I don't. There's so much stuff to watch. Like, like that becomes her. <laughs> I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but like, I'm gonna rewatch stuff before I watch something new. That especially something that could potentially uh, taint <laughs> something right. that I already find very beloved. Yeah. You know, right. like. Like, I don't want to get into a Hitchhiker's Guide debate here, but I am a fan of the original and I'm a fan of the book and I'm a fan of the, you know, the the BBC series. And then the movie came out and there's things I like about it, but there's a lot of things that just, I, I like to pretend that it, it's not even in the same universe. You no, that's know? interesting because I never read the book or watched the BBC series, but I remember the movie. I remember parts of the movie, but it wasn't memorable enough to like stay with me. So it obviously mm-hmm. like, it, I know what you mean. I walked out of it going like, oh, I was kind of, maybe I would have liked it more if I read the book. And I don't know. No, that's. <laughs> well, I don't know. Look, I mean, you would like the story if you read the right. book. I, I 100% think that you would like the book mm-hmm. and that you would like the original, maybe the radio. I don't, I don't know how you feel about like, do you, do you like the old Doctor Who aliens and giant rubber suits kind of a aesthetic my sister tried to get me into doctor who bless bless her soul you know rest in peace but she really tried her best to get me every time she'd have too much to drink she'd be like if you don't sit the fuck down and watch doctor (laughs) who and i would try i really would and i was like i don't know she finally got me with firefly but but i I, she tried and tried and i just it wasn't clicking but Uh i also she also started like it was the david Tennant years too they said that was like the best years i don't know it is, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of backstory that you need before you get into Tenant. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's um, what it was. And actually, thinking about it, there's some. I was because Matt is not into Doctor Who either, and I've tried, yeah. and I think it's the that we haven't found the right jumping off point. 
And I was just thinking that I think the Donna Noble years are a good place to start. Um, okay. Do you like Catherine Tate? Yeah. Catherine Tate does a, a series with okay, David okay. Tennant. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe starting there, it what well, like you said it might be tough without having the the backstory. without having context yeah yeah, yeah. so, so i have to watch the original episodes. 70s one no 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 yeah it would just be starting with christopher eccleston um the are you my mummy episode okay to start with okay. if you haven't mm-hmm. seen that um but then you got to get through some junk but i think jenny and i could probably put a list together for you we where, got you of what to start gotcha. with. Like Jen, Jenny probably has the list ready. Oh, to I love shit like, like that. I love like, shit like that. Sk- like these episodes don't really link to the overarching story, but these episodes do. So you can kind of jump around until, you, but once you're into it, you can watch or not watch until the next, you see what I'm saying? Like, no, I like it. Yeah. 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 Um, there's an episode called blink. That is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I've, I used to think it was actually too good of an episode to start with because <laughs> out of that series, there's there's a lot of trash in that ser- in that run. Um, but somebody pointed out that like basically because of the way the the story is structured, um, they basically explain who the doctor is and like what he does to the people in that episode. So it kind of gives you, the viewer, a jumping on point also. It, and Blink it's is scary. really good. It's almost like a standalone movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And it's, it has like a very Buffy vibe. Oh. I could see that. Yeah. You had my curiosity. Now <laughs> you have my attention. Yeah. yeah. Blink <laughs> is probably a good starting place for you, I would say. Okay. That reminds and me. And I do want to get back to Death Becomes Her to rate it at least, but I do. That also reminds me: Have either of you, my fellow Trekkies, come on, have you watched Stranger Worlds yet? I'm I'm getting through it. I started, after we talk last. I, I definitely. Started, I oh, watched, getting yeah, through I it. Got to, I got to watch the first episode, but that was it. Do you like C? Do you not? I mean, Absolutely. I did okay. like it. Ooh. Yeah. It's yeah. just you know it's that time frame thing and. Sometimes I want to watch the show that I can make a bologna sandwich during. You know? I understand. You can yeah. do a little bit of bologna sandwich making during this because there's some oh, moments. Oh, no way. Sometimes. <laughs> no, because like, cause like uh, when you get to that grouchy, what's his name? And he was in, um, he was, people love his character, but I, he's kind of annoying to me. The guy that was, his race was, to me, first introduced in the Scott Bakula. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But, I love it. Watch Enterprise. Oh, it's okay. You don't need to. I mean, if you miss yeah. Scott Bakula sometimes, just watch Quantum Leap on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. But he, but his character, I guess he's the engineer in this show, and he kind of annoys me. So, like, when he comes on, I'm like, all right, I'll go, I'll go use the bathroom now. Nick, you can pause it. It's not, not live. You're, you're streaming it. You can just yeah, you pause can. it. You don't have to. But, um, but I really no, love I it. Love I love it. how it's episodic. I love Anson Mount. I love, um, oh God. Rebecca Romaine. Um, mm-hmm. I love I everybody found in it. The perfect balance between episodic and like a story arc. Yes. So far. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I'm to the point that like, if I was to recommend somebody who's never seen Star Trek before, I would maybe tell them to watch this, but then watch like, I don't know, just other random episodes that tie in with it. Like go right. back and watch this original series episode or go back and watch this whatever. It's a very, it, it's just the perfect modernization of Star Trek. I agree. It, it, it's fantastic. I agree. And I, the only reason I haven't watched more is because we watched it in the very, we started in the very brief time frame when we caught up on Better Call Saul 
to when the new episodes started coming out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh so. shit! Can we talk? Can, look, I know, I know, and I, I just can we just can we just talk about? <sighs> it's a sh look. Better Call Saul to me has always been. It's a show that on paper, it shouldn't necessarily be anything to talk about. Right. And yet the character study and the human condition and just Bob fucking Odekirk and Rhea Seahorn yeah. like. It's just so good, it's, man. Like at this point, I think it's better than Breaking Bad. I think I, it is too. 100%, 100%. I never and I never thought I'd say that, but like you're yeah. right. I think it's. I'm just so hooked in, and I'm like getting borderline depressed that it's gonna end. Yeah, the character development is far and away better than Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad has action and crime and drama and all that stuff, but Better Call Saul is just right. so fucking good. Yeah. It's so good, man. And it just like. I've never seen any movie, TV show, anything that does a montage better than Better Call Saul. Yes, 100%. Every montage that they do, I get so excited to watch it. I know. Like, I know. Even oh, when it oh, makes oh, you cry. Him, oh, look at him doing that. Right. Or, and, and the way it's dropped, too, because you'll get like a taste of it. And that's a Vince Gilligan thing where like you kind of you'll get a hint of it in the beginning of the episode and then they do the montage to kind of explain oh this is how we caught up to where we are now and this is what this little thing means this little this little seed we planted that's what that is by the way and it's so good you know and you and you you root for the bad guys you you root for the good guys you 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 cringe for the good guys sometimes i almost feel like better call saul is doing a better job with that moral ambiguity yes mm -hmm. that we all thought mm -hmm. breaking bad had but it really didn't Walt was a dick from the beginning of you yeah. know, Walt was evil from the beginning. Right. Yeah. And I really feel like Jimmy is not right. Like mm -hmm. there's a there's a weird decline and there's a there are weird highs and lows. And right. he has his own morality. He does mm -hmm. like he it, he's not just evil. He has his own moral code. Right. And yeah. as that starts to slip, you're watching his decline in a different way completely than what we saw with Walt. And I've never wanted like a a fictional couple to just stay together forever more than I want them to stay together. Even though I know that um, right. I know that she's right. I know they're probably bad for each other and he doesn't see it the way she does but i just i and i we obviously saw breaking bad first so we kind of know like oh wait, where the hell is she where is she there. Mm -hmm. yeah. right but i just i was like man just stay together come on because like when they're together it's so it's a powerhouse yes yeah. for like a half a second i was like maybe maybe they stay together but we just never saw her right you know like he kept her insulated <laughs> right. from everything that was going on i was like maybe that's what happens oh man yeah. it's so good and listen, I just, I have to share my love of Lalo. Like, oh. Probably one of the most charismatic bad guys I've ever seen. And like, yeah. the, just the way that he changes his character, the tone on his, the look on his face. Mm -hmm. He goes from like, happy-go-lucky, hey, and then I'm going to fucking kill you. Dude, Tony, right Dal Tony, yeah. Dal Tony Dalton is fucking majestic, man. Yeah. I mean, the way he's like, like you said, the way he's got that charm and he turns on like, you'll be fine. Come yeah. with me. And he's about to murder you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he flips the switch and it was so good. Like, and even seeing Gus Fring again, I think all of it just being wrapped together and who can fucking, I mean, look, my goddamn Urban Trout. I know he's getting up in years. I know he's getting like, like exponentially up in years. Okay. 
But Irma Trout needs a spinoff. I'm just gonna say right here. I, I I would I would watch that show. I would watch the Young Irma Trout show as a young like just a <laughs> young see, Irma Trout. Yeah, I would I would <laughs> like see it like this rap theory. name. <laughs> I would see like the I would see like the I would see the prequel of like you know maybe the even leading on up, the take. Yeah, maybe watching his son die. Exactly. Yeah. I would watch that shit because that's an interesting backstory for sure. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. Vince. Obviously Vince Gill Vince Gillen has has to do it. Like I wouldn't somebody else could do it. But just watching because he all the tricks of all the tricks he's learned and the way he's kind of, I mean, Walt is the the one who fucking gets him in the end, but leading up to everything and how he's always kind of one step ahead. And I just would like to see the making of that kind of like the, all the ingredients that went into that man to, to bring mm-hmm. that to fruition. I don't know. But, That's me. Uh, yeah. I'm, I was so surprised by better call Saul. Like, and I would have been happy to watch it just because of Kirk period. Right. But I was, I won't say disappointed in El Camino. Okay. But I didn't like, I mean, El Camino was fine. Like it was, it was nice fine. to, it was nice. Yeah, it was fine. It was nice to see Jesse get an ending. Um, yeah. But I almost don't even know that we, like, it was just like, okay. It's kind of what I pictured happening for Jesse anyway. Like yeah. I pictured Jesse riding off into the sunset, changing his name and, and never looking back. And that I kind of liked and having a little bit of mystery before we saw that. Yeah. Like you could imagine that there's all these different ways that he could have succeeded or there, but, yeah. but I never pictured him getting caught and going to jail or getting killed. You know? Right. And mm-hmm. you know, then it was a, an hour and a half of how he rode off into the sunset. Okay. There he is. Yeah. For me, I'm just one of those guys. Like it's like star Wars to me, like this universe, like, it's expensive. I'll watch, it, yeah. I'll watch anything that that they want to expand out, no matter yeah. how. Like it's and, as, and it's so funny because we were just shitting on Walking Dead and like, aren't there like a million spinoffs? But I feel like when something's done really well, and you have characters that you care about, like it, for me, it's like Star Wars. People hate on some of the new Star Wars Disney Plus shows, but like, I'll, I'm gonna keep eating them at five in the morning when they drop oh, yeah. on Disney Plus, and I'm gonna keep gobbling it down, even oh. if I don't. Even if some of them give me indigestion, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to keep eating it. You know? <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I didn't hate anything about El Camino. I just thought it was fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It was but good. Like, it just it yeah. wasn't like, oh, my fucking God. Right. 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 Amazing. Right. right. Whereas like that's the bar that Vince Gilligan has set. <laughs> right. Like right. you have to be up here. Mm-hmm. No, I got you. I got you. One hundred percent. It was almost like he just like, I just want to play with these toys in the sandbox like one more time. Mm-hmm. You know, just one more time. Let me just I know you kind of want to imagine what it would be like, but let me just show you and you might not even like it, but this is what yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing with these guys again. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Good anyway. for you. <laughs> and we're talking about Better Call Saul tonight, kids. So <laughs> That's fine. Should we rate this movie Better Call Saul? No, I'm sorry. Uh, should we rate uh, <laughs> Death Becomes Her? You know, because we have a lot of ratings that we throw around on the show, you know? They're all flavors of positivity. You know? Can I point something out real quick sure, before please. we rate? Sure. Um, so I, I did the math on this movie and I was like, this movie came out in 1992. Meryl Streep was 42 years old when this movie came out. <gasps> really? No. Or she was 42 when it was filmed. She was like probably 43 when it came out. Yeah. I'm 43. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... I'm like. Are you supposed to have liver spots on your hands at this <laughs> yeah, age? Liver spots on the hands. I don't know about all that. I was gonna say they all—they were all pretty young when they when they did this, right? I mean, they all were like. Yeah, Goldie Hawn was forty-nine. Bruce Willis was probably the youngest one. I didn't do the math on him. Goldie Hawn was forty-nine in this. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was born in like the mid forties. I mean, you think like she was on 
she was on TV in the 60s. Yeah. Oh, you're you fucking know? right. Yeah, you're right. I, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Like she, but she's amazing. Like she looks yeah. fantastic. But I mean, look, I'm not trying to say like, I'm no fucking Meryl Streep <laughs> at any age. <laughs> but I was just like, is that like, that's old? Like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to go take a potion to go live forever. So I really my, don't want my to. wife and I talk about this all the time because, like, you know, when people hit their 30s, I remember, like, like, oh, I'm getting old, you know, and then I turned 40 and, like, you know, I, you know, I made my fair share of, like, I'm turning 40, I got to do something crazy, you know. But uh, my wife talks about this all the time, like, how old we are, you know, and she's like, you think you're, you think you're, like, you think you're still, like, 20, 21. I'm like, that's how I feel. Like, I still yeah. feel like a kid. Like, I'm, I, I don't feel old and i don't think i don't even think 40 is old you know what i'm saying you know i don't think 50 is old you know what i mean like when somebody dies in their 40s and 50s i'm like what the fuck happened because people you know because i don't right i want to know because i'm like that's that's young that's i don't want to do that whatever right. it is that they did exactly, exactly. that's all that's very true you know what you i'm guys. saying and even 60s you're like okay again what happened you know uh, was there bruce health willis issues was only bruce willis was only 37 in 1992. yeah that wow, sounds okay. about right that sounds about he right. was born in 55. Yeah. okay so yeah i mean and meryl <laughs> streep is always to me even now she's always like eternally like the same age like i see her show up and shit, yeah. and i'm mm -hmm. like aren't you're still like in your she's like steve martin yeah yes. i feel like <laughs> they've streep always been, been in their 40s yeah i think she's yes. been like 50 for like 25 years exactly yeah. <laughs> even when she played uh, that melissa etheridge character i was like oh sure she's coming back out she's i forgot what she's doing <laughs> She had the guitar. My wife was coming like, through her window. Yeah. Why doesn't she? Do <laughs> oh, come through my window. <clears throat> God, still got it. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think um, I think that's I think they were all supposed to be playing in their 50s, though, like even though mm -hmm. 14 years she have passed, lived, she, she calls her out liver spots on your hands at 50 either, though. Mm -mm. No, she calls her out like at the party when she's being really jealous at the very beginning. And she's like, somebody's like, how old is she? And she's like, she's 50. Right, right. Oh, that's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. You're right. They're 50. What is she doing? I, I don't know. Psychologist. Loved... Need the weapon. One of the things I thought was hilarious was when she takes the potion and then starts looking in the mirror and like her boobs just move up. Yeah, like, they get bigger and move up, and then the ass gets all like, tight. That's what <laughs> Lauren is demonstrating the the boob uh, augmentation as we speak. Puppetry, puppetry, the boobs. Just hoisting them up. <laughs> That's what you get on Comic Con's podcast on a Sunday night, folks. We hoist up the boobs on this show. Never accuse Comic Con's podcast of not hoisting up any boobs. All right, That's right. they need support. Fully supported. This episode is brought to you by Supportive Bras. <laughs> Comic-Con's <laughs> podcast, fully supportive of all breast shapes and sizes. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lauren. We won't get canceled this week. <laughs> <laughs> One other random thing that I noticed, and I, okay, well, this is this is kind of a twofer. So one, Goldie Hawn's beauty mark moves from one side of her face to the other at some point in the movie. It did. Yeah. Um, and then the scene where she's trying to seduce um, Bruce Willis. Again, I don't know their names. I don't care. <laughs> she's trying to seduce him, and she's like, I've never been able to say sexual before. And you look at her, and she's got she's got lipstick on her teeth. And I just <laughs> I was like, oh, Goldie. Girl, 
girl, check yourself in the mirror before you try to seduce Goldie. your boyfriend. It worked. Well, she was cosplaying. He didn't care she had lipstick on her teeth. Yeah, exactly, because he was co cosplaying as Roger as Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, I stole that right. one from you. I knew where you were going with it. You knew it because the red dress and the red hair. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, and Robert's mess. Robert's mechas. That Jessica Rabbit man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, I think my. I'm so torn at my favorite scene because there's so many like good campy scenes, but I think Meryl Streep falling down the stairs the first time. It's fucking good. And the <laughs> like, fact that she's balancing on like the edge of the steps with yeah. you, like it's so it's, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a cartoon. Yeah. It might as well be going. Like, whoop, 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 whoop. And then finally <laughs> hurry up you wimp. And then whoop. And then the way she falls. Oh, it's so it's good. Like seven and a half minutes for her to fall down 20 steps and the arms the it's, arms like break and go over her like a rack oh it's great it's so good and she comes up she stands up a la christopher lloyd when he's flattened by the steamroller yes, she stands yes. up in the same very like and i killed your brother i talked just like this like oh god so good it's so good and i love all this shit like he's on the phone she's telling him how She's telling him, like, you're a fucking idiot. Why'd you call me first? And then you see her get up in the background, like, oh, like, it's so good. It's so good. I loved it. I think my favorite has to be the hospital scene. It was just so kooky. And like you said, forgot that it even existed. Yeah. And so it was a nice little surprise. It was the, the part that felt the newest to me. And yeah. just all the little surreal aspects of the palm tree curtains in the er like it's, yes. they don't have just yes. the blue it's like it's beverly hills man mm -hmm. they've got palm trees mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely no i loved i don't know if i have a favorite scene either i liked i have i love i love the encounter when they when they both confront each other and she, you know meryl shoots goldie and goldie hits her over the head with the shovel and puts her head into her and like it's all campy and quirky and weird and cartoony and even the silhouettes of the fireplace fighting was roger rabbit all the way like yeah. that style and that's probably why at like 10 years old when i saw this for the first time i was like oh yeah i fucking love this shit like i love this movie because it, it speaks to all the stuff i loved about every other movie I saw at that time, you know, was like, that's, that was the year of Batman Returns. That was the year of, of Naked Gun Part Two. That was, you know, it was just all of that shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I was, I was, yeah, I was immersed in it. So I love all that campy, even though, like you mm -hmm. said, some of the CGI doesn't necessarily hold up. I, I still have an appreciation for it because of, of when it, when I saw it, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, especially when they both together and like, please, you know, and they have, <laughs> I don't know what happened to her eyes after she died, by the way, but they got creepier. Like, they, like she already had the so, borderline creepy contacts, and then they got like scarier. So they did. The he mentions paint when he's taking care of Meryl Streep. He says that he has to paint her eyes. He's like, oh, that's well, right. Still, I have to paint your eyes. I have to make mm. like he's actually painting her eyeball. That's right. Wow. Yeah, because she's got like you know when you die you get like kind of like a glazed over look. Oh like my a, god, that's like, almost wow. like a cataract look. Mm -hmm. So then that's what happens. That's, that's what happens. happens. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't feel it, of course, because she can't feel anything. So he's just right. painting her he's naked just eye. Painting her eye. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's good. That's good.
And I love the ending scene when their head li- when their heads yes. come off. But the whole but the whole thing at the funeral, like yeah. these two just laughing, these two old nasty broads laughing at this guy's funeral. Nobody I feel knows like who that's the hell us. they are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he was such a loser. <laughs> Where's He's, that I- paint, you old bitty? Like. <laughs> I, apparently he turned his life around and became like a missionary and had like six kids. Yeah. And... So I did also read that there was a, an alternate ending that they had actually filmed. Oh, um, shit. Where uh, Tracy Ullman was in it. What? And yeah. Bruce Willis was like Tracy Ullman was playing a bartender at the party and helped Bruce Willis escape. And the end was supposed to be them living on a beach retired somewhere and happening to run into brittle old Goldie and Merrill but Robert Zemeckis thought it was too nice of an ending he wanted it to be a little darker I agree he cut out all that stuff and switched that's a good call that's a good call because if you're going to put Tracy Ullman in something give her something like you know the train uh that's a nice interesting name yeah used to be shithouse you know (laughs) you gotta You got to give her something with grit. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's yeah, too, yeah. She's she too good. A little more. Yeah. 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 But that's great. So that's good. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I just found that out today on the Wikipedia's on the Wikipedia's. I'll tell you what you can't find out in the Wikipedia's what we're going to rate this movie with our ratings, our six flavors of positivity. We have at the top of the heap call to work. Good movie theater. Good home video good catch it on cable good sick with the flu good and solitary confinement good is anybody watching this movie in solitary confinement or does it deserve better what do you think no it deserves better it deserves better right i'm gonna give it a catch it on cable good i agree i agree you're gonna stop for it right like if it's on you might stop for it right absolutely i'm gonna go with home video good um okay. I that's paid fair. I paid for a rental and I kind of wish I had just paid the extra dollar to own it. That's yeah. what I did. Like, I mean, I bought it. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have just paid an extra buck. I I really had fun watching this. Yeah, because God forbid, you know, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep they go over the Rainbow Bridge. This might be one that you might want to throw on the uh you might want to throw, you know, like their pet cat like <laughs> I well, I say it for a lot of stuff, you know, as you know, recently I've had to kind of yeah. break that to my son about some things in my yeah. life going on. So I've, and I said, well, you know, um, you know, da- grandpa went over the rainbow bridge and then, uh, he asked why <laughs> he asked my wife, why my mom hadn't gone. <laughs> and I was like, it's not her time yet, buddy. But all I could do was laugh because <sighs> that shit's funny, man. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's like, the kid rationale. That's Alan, a kid. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's like, they wait. do everything together. They go everywhere together. Why? Is, why? How come she didn't get tickets too? Like, why? He took yeah. the train and she didn't go? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's a lottery. So, right. <laughs> Pretty much. So, you know, God forbid Streep and Han go over the Rainbow Bridge soon. You know, you might, you might pop Death Becomes on, you know, Death Becomes well, Her on. You know? I think Bruce Willis is closest. Yeah. I think, I think he is too, unfortunately. That's going to be. Bring chicken that he is, but not a. Uh, yeah. Which one is going to have, and don't feel obligated in any sense, but, but because you know I'm a huge Bruce Willis fan, but which one, which movie star out of the three would have the bigger movie marathon, in your opinion, if, you know, hey, so-and-so passed away, let's get, let's cuddle up with our significant other on the couch and watch a couple of 
a movies or even highlights, you know, to, to kind of honor this person? Like, which one do you think out of the three? Out of the three. I mean, I know. Like for me? For I know Streep Street has done the classiest. Streep probably has the classiest resume. <laughs> for, are we talking about personally or just yeah, like personally, in general? Personally, for each Goldie one. Goldie Hawn, for me. Goldie Hawn. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. Does Protocol. Overboard. Ma- overboard. Does Protocol make the list? I don't know Protocol. Which one is that? Isn't that the one where she's like on the run from the albino murderer guy? This sounds I'm gonna fascinating. Have to watch it. There's yeah, a I don't mid- know it. There's a midget and an albino guy. Oh my god! I know I which movie I... we're doing next. Yeah. I don't Chevy know. Chase <laughs> is in it, but he's like not being funny. Chevy Chase. <laughs> I think it's called Protocol. I'm I'm in. <laughs> she witnesses she witnesses something she witnesses a murder an albino guy and he's okay. like straight albino like murder somebody and it's she in that sure is in it yeah it's um, in that late 70s early 80s like where things are like creepy when they're not supposed to be creepy vibe because of the way it was filmed um and then she befriends a midget she uh i'm sorry jesus christ let's be pc she she befriends i guess a a little person a little person i believe it was billy barty and he uh, he was okay with midgets, so we're okay. And I just watched Willow, so I feel like he got some royalty. Well, no, he's passed away. Never mind. I'm just gonna stop digging. But he uh, <laughs> he's in it. He shows up for a good time. And then Chevy Chase, I think, even has a random like, "Hey, it's remember Dennis Miller was in the net. It's kind of like that, even though this movie came out after this movie. But don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like when they have like a a guy show up who's normally a comic, but they're like he shows up in this thriller movie to be the straight man. You're like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, change it up a little bit. We should watch that. You guys would really like that okay. movie. I think. I think I will like it. And even if you don't like it, we could just rip it and have a good time. I, I see the that's the best. Um, I see the flight attendant from Airplane, isn't it too? Oh, it's mm. on. Was it really called Protocol? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, Protocol. I don't, I don't see any evidence of a little person or. Oh gosh. Um, that may be a fever dream. <laughs> oh my see, god, that would be fucked. Uh, but up. I haven't watched a trailer or anything yet. Um, in the in the movie poster she's in like a, a little white exercise outfit like a, a a little white tank top and and high-waisted white shorts and oh, she's no. holding a basketball a baseball glove and a baseball bat with a boom box and she's wearing red chuck taylor all-stars it's uh it's not protocol then it's foul okay. pl- it's foul play in, oh. movies foul play 1978 Librarian Gloria Mundy, Jesus Christ, leads a relatively uneventful life. Mundy, right? When she looks to shake things up, she somehow winds up in the middle of an assassination plot against the Pope, calling the police. (laughs) Mundy meets the hapless detective Tony Carlson, Chevy Chase, who takes the case. During the course of the investigation, the two fall in love, but the assassin, Mark Lawrence, the albino, is still after Mundy and anyone with her to keep her from foiling the plot. Wouldn't it be funny if it said in the in the tagline and Billy Barty shows up for a good time, like just like I said. Yes. <laughs> but well, I'm a I'll big play. fan of I'm a big fan of House Sitter. I think that might be my favorite Goldie Hawn movie. Oh, um, okay. Forgot about uh, that one. Bird on a Wire's great. That's Bird on a Wire's fantastic. Awesome. Um I thought there was oh no, that wasn't her in there. That was somebody else. I thought there was a uh like a Girl Scout movie with her, but I think that's Shelley Long. Oh yeah, uh, using them. Troop Beverly Hills. Troop Beverly, Beverly Hills. Her, I keep Hills. thinking it's Goldie Hawn also. Yeah, yeah. Because the uh, Hispanic woman in that says badges, 
We don't need no stinking badges. (laughs) Private Benjamin. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, um, that for me, I'd I'd want to do the Goldie Hawn marathon. All right, oh, the first wives club, that one too. It's a more recent mm-hmm. one. Yeah. All right. Well, Jenny, do you agree? Would you be a Goldie Hawn marathon out of out of that out of I'd those three? With, I think I'd go with Bruce Willis. I think honestly. yeah, me too, me too. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> I'm biased. I'm so biased. It's for me, Bruce Willis is not like the reason I go see a movie, but I fully enjoy him when I see him in it. Like, like Pulp Fiction is one of my favorites of all time. Mm -hmm. I don't like it because Bruce Willis is in it, but he's fantastic. Right. Again, 12 Monkeys. He's fantastic. Um, And he's just he's got a he's got a pretty decent range for being, you know, like kind of known for being like the action guy. You know, he's. He's got a little bit of everything going on with yeah. his repertoire. So, I think I, you characterize him in your synopsis perfectly well. Like, I think he <laughs> he plays a great cluster fuck of a dude. <laughs> <laughs> like he, because even John McClane is not necessarily like a guy who has his shit together. Oh, absolutely right. not. His wife left him. He's trying right. to convince her to stay with him. He's trying right. to get the kids. He's trying to do. He can't find his shoes. What the right. hell is going on? He plays a good everyman type. Yeah, you know it works. Yeah, that gets thrown into these random circumstances. Mm-hmm. Even when he goes on that blind date with Kim Basinger, and, and shit goes <laughs> fucking nuts. You know, I oh. haven't seen that one in a long time, but I remember liking it. I remember liking it too. I know what you mean. I'd skip Hudson Hawk though. <laughs> I I am a Hudson Hawk loyalist, so oh. I'm the only one, but. I own that one. And not because I had to do it for the podcast. I already owned it. And then I was like, let's do it for the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, agree. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was four ninety nine on the voodoo, why not? <laughs> but yeah, this um this one uh this one's uh catch it on cable, I agree. I think catch it on cable or 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 home video. I think it works. You're not gonna yeah. call out of work for this. You no. know. You're not no. going to see the anniversary screening in the movie theater. No, the the special effects won't look good on the big screen. Right. Watch it at home, snuggle up in bed, bowl of popcorn. There you go. Nice cat on your day. lap. There Eat you a go. can of frosting. Eat a can of frosting. Let the cats piss all over you and call it a day. <laughs> and then paint yourself. Paint your <laughs> eyeballs. Paint those eyebrows <laughs> and eyeballs. <laughs> um, I think that's all I got, man. Did you did either two of you wanted to want to plug anything before we draw to a close? I mean, Legion of stupid.com. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Zib's misadventures in space is coming out soon. Uh, that's We're... a new show from on, on the network. Charlene has put it all together. It's another like uh, audio play type with sound effects and full scripted story like Bell and Dubs, which you should also listen to. Absolutely. Bam. Yeah. Jenny and I are both highly featured in Misadventure of Zibs and on Bell and Dubs, if you haven't given Bell and Dubs a listen. And are we getting the return of the Mouthy broadcast soon? Or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently somebody hasn't listened to the newest episode. Well, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen a new episode. An episode dropped this week. Um, we're, we're pretty much on a, an indefinite hiatus. Okay. Um, but there are... So it's like sporadic... More sporadic yes. now. Okay. Yes, there are banked episodes that are going to be coming out. I think. Are we? Do we agree to every two weeks? 
I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, man. I know the last time we did the podcast, you said that we were banking them. We did. Yeah. We have a few banked, and then we finally did one that was a back, but a high buy. <laughs> we're Grandpa Simpson. Just walk in, turn around, walk back out. <laughs> it's a full episode. It's a full length episode. It's all right. Of- all right. Well, I'm going to go back through. I'm going to go back through. <laughs> so we're basically the thing is that we're we're not going to be able to keep a schedule. We just can't we just can't get on the same page anymore. And, you know, it's times have changed. We've moved on. <laughs> you have pri- you have priorities. You have other things going on. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're probably going to do some just here and there whenever like we oh, we really have something we need to talk about. That's very mouthy broadcast branded specific type of things. Right. Um, but it's not going to be with any kind of regularly regularity. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just glad you made time to come on my, my little podcast because, you know, it was great seeing you guys again. Great having you on the show. And Absolutely. I know everybody's Always busy. Great to be here. Always a pleasure to talk to you both of you. And uh, I got to say, again, just for my, for the running, for the running here, if you come back, we'll do a little Goldie Hawn movie. We'll have a little foul play party. If it sucks, you can... We'll just rip it, okay? We'll just talk and about Better say, Call Saul again. Nick, <laughs> Nick told us to watch this movie. We watched it. It was horrible. Maybe maybe that one will actually be streaming somewhere, though, so nobody will have to rent it or pay for it. That should be, like, part of the deal, I guess. You know? <laughs> it's fine. Or I'll buy- I, I'm fine paying $5 or whatever it was. <laughs> it was fully worth it. I awesome. Agree. I've spent $5 on worse. <laughs> That's true. I know I have. God. <laughs> You tell yourself you've had enough drinks, and then you convince somebody to stop off at the 7 Eleven Elevens so you can get yourself another six pack that so you think it's going to take you a couple miles down the road, but it doesn't. <laughs> and then you got to go back out again. Were you watching me last night? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever we said on this podcast, kids, whether it made you soil yourself, whether it made you go to the kitchen and pull out that, pull out that can of icing. <laughs> Just remember at the end of the day, whatever we said, it's just fiction. Don't take it seriously.